Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky. This week, we'll be diving into the world of emergency medicine through the eyes of a seasoned ER nurse, Beck Daniel. Throughout the episode, we'll hear about some of her most memorable cases, the challenges she faces in her work, and what it takes to be a successful ER nurse. From working long shifts to dealing with high-pressure situations, we'll gain a unique perspective on what it's like to help individuals on some of the most traumatic events of their lives on a daily basis. Enjoy. So tell me a little bit about what you do currently. So actually, surprise, surprise, um, I am still working PRN in the ER, but I actually moved to PICU. Okay. So I found when I, in the ER, so I worked in with the adult population most of the time. However, few and far between, we would get uh, kiddos and those kids would be very, very sick. And when I started working with them, it opened my eyes and my heart to a completely different area of nursing that I had no interest in prior. I was like, I'm never going to work with kids. That's like too much for me. The, the sadness encompassed with that is like very heavy. So I was like, mm, not for me. And then I started doing it and I was like, oh my God, I love these children. They're like, oh, there's nothing more beautiful than like helping a child feel better. So I'm currently working in PICU, still trying to do some PRN ER stuff, but it's PICU is pediatric ICU, by the way. Okay. But I, I absolutely love it and have been drawn to that. So I've been there for like a month and a half now and it's amazing. Okay. And see, I don't know what I've talked about before, but I feel like, I mean, the good must outweigh the bad, but I feel like the bad must be really like hard sometimes. Like, how do you, how do you cope with that? Like, how do you deal with like children dying? That's like one of the worst things. I went to the bathroom and I cried like a little baby. And the first time I, like I lost a child, I went to the bathroom and I cried and just let it all out and looked at myself in the mirror. I swear, I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, like you, you have to go back out and you have to keep taking care of other people because other people need you too. And you just kind of, in that moment, it's almost easier to be like, to put on a face and just keep pushing through. It was when I got home and had like the rest of the weekend off and sat by myself and sat with those emotions that I was like, oh my God, that was horrible. And you really just have to find a way to, I don't want to say justify, but to understand the situation that that child may have been in. So for instance, the first child that I lost had drowned and it was horrible. And we worked on her for like two hours. We did absolutely everything we could. And when, when a child drowns and they lose brain activity or their brain is no longer functioning, even if their organs come back and their heart comes back and they're able to like circulate again, that child 
will never be the child that they had before. And as a nurse, I think that I have to find comfort in the fact that she, whatever, you know, we believe in, you believe in, people believe in happens after we die. There has to be some sort of peace in the fact that she was not going to continue to now live a life of suffering because a life where she has a trach, so a tube in her neck, where she's hooked up to a vent that's breathing for her all the time and where she's fed through a tube in her belly, where she's not neurologically intact, where someone is now 24 seven every day, every hour of the day for the rest of her life, completely caring for her. You kind of have to like see those things and be like, this is okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I mean, it's either that or completely detaching yourself, which I would imagine would not make you the best nurse. Oh, there, a part of the reason I went to kids was because adults kind of suck. Sometimes adults are mean and they like spit on you and fight you and yell at you and call you all the names. And it's very easy to start to detach yourself from adults. You know, when you get a 60 year old, which is not old, if you have a healthy six-year-old, that's not old, but you get a six-year-old that doesn't take their meds and doesn't do anything and wants to yell at you and scream in your face and throw things and hit you with their cane and they're miserable. Like that was not conducive to a good work environment for me at all. And you can start to just like pull away. Like, oh, I do not want to go see someone's pawpaw in 15. That's gonna, you know, throw his urinal at me and make my day so much better. So kids are a lot harder to detach from because they're just so pure and so precious and just like, it's so easy to love them, you know? So what would you say the most challenging aspects are? Definitely. So the ER is different from everything, right? Like nobody stops coming to the ER or people don't stop coming to the ER. Our doors are always open. So from... 6.45 when I get there till 7.30 when I leave, there we are inundated with patients all day long. It doesn't matter. And we have not only the people who walk through the front door who are like, oh, I don't feel good today. We have EMS coming through that also doesn't stop. So there's this like continuous cycle of people just slamming on the doors waiting to be seen next. And I think one of the hardest parts of that was one balancing all the patients that we would have and, you know, being one person divided by five or six people and one or two of them being like gravely ill. And then another one having like, you know, needing stitches, but they're the one who's the most miserable. It just, it becomes so much and it's so exhausting. And you, you can only be like beat down so many times at work by people who, think that like you're a robot, right? Or they just have this perception of nurses that like we aren't human, that like we just go and do our job and we're, I always, I used to say like H stands for hospital, not for hotel, right? Like you just have to think about it in a sense of this is not a customer service business. We are here to help you. And sometimes people are like, my food order was wrong. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't, I can't help you. This isn't, you know, a five-star restaurant. This is a hospital. I want to help you heal. And so battling with those kinds of things and just instead of being appreciated 
being like continually torn down by people who would never do that to you and yeah. store, you know, that, that was heavy in not even emotionally, just like psychologically, you start to look at the world so differently, you know? And I didn't want to dislike people. Cause I, as a human, I just love human interaction. I love people. So I was like, I need to find something that works for me a little bit more, you know? Yeah. The way you phrase it, it kind of reminds me of, I, I don't think I was like this, but obviously I'm not my mom, but like when you're growing up and you're sick or even when you're like an adult or like dating someone and they get sick and then you want to be babied, maybe yeah. like when you go to the hospital, that's what you're expecting. Like, oh yeah, you better get my food order, right? I'm sick. I'm exactly, exactly. And those are things that we, they're just so far out of our control. You know, it's, there are things that are so not important to their care that it's like, I understand your food was wrong, but I'm, I'm here to like, give you this medication. That's going to make you feel better. And I'm here to do this. It's going to make you feel better, but you really have to, you got to find a way to like put on blinders to the individuals that treat you that way. And I'm telling you, we would have people come in like the best. I had one lady came in, broke her knee and she was the sweetest human I'd ever met. She kept telling me how much she, I literally was almost in tears because it was so rough. And then you get these little small speckles of moments that are so beautiful with people. And those were the things that would keep me going through those interactions. You know, she just kept like, you're, you're amazing. Nurses deserve the world and nurses are so special. And I'm like, thank you so much, <laughs> you know? So since you've moved to the PQ and the ER, how do you deal with, I guess, caring for patients and even the patients? I mean, obviously in the PQ, you're, you're physically, but the parents, how do you, how do you kind of like when my wife had both of her kids, mm -hmm. like all the nurses, I've never seen such like a, and it is babies. So I imagine it's completely different from like the colonoscopy wing. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yes. The, the most extreme it was like the what's what's what are those those uh shorter people in uh the lollipop guild and like the wizard of oz like everyone is happy yes, like yes. like there's not even a, a sour person in the bunch is it I, I i don't understand how they could be so happy i was amazed it's because i when i tell you i love my job i love my job like there's parents can say whatever they want to me. They can do whatever they want. They can act however they want. I walk into a room and I see, you know, a four day old baby who's sick and needs my help. And I, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but it's this little tiny human that just like is so helpless. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm here to help you feel better. And there's nothing more heartwarming you know, yesterday I was at work and this wasn't my patient, but a little boy was super upset. His family had left. His mom and dad were still there, but like his sister and other family had left. He was screaming and crying. And I saw him walk to him in the hallway and was like, do you want to go play? Like, let's go play in the playroom. You know, let's go have fun. And we drove around trucks and he ran and like jumped into my arms. And I was like, let's go watch a movie. And I took him back to his room so he could watch a movie. Just like, it's so 
I don't know, it like heals your inner child. It like makes you feel amazing to take care of patients like that. So parents, I don't care if they're unhappy, I'll fix your unhappy, but like, you can say whatever you want to me. You can make me have a horrible day. The kids fix everything. And what are some common misconceptions that people have, I guess, with the, the PQ and even the emergency, the ER? Okay. So for the ER, <laughs> people think that like, we're these like heartless animals that just function on autopilot and think like that we're better than everyone or the ER is such a different place that all of the other units in the hospital are like F the ER, like the ER is horrible. We don't like them. People hate floating to the ER. So if we have like a bunch of ICU patients, ICU nurses will come down there. If there's not a bed available, they'll hate coming down to the ER. There's just like such a negative connotation. If you're not an ER nurse, you don't like ER nurses. And it's so, I'm seeing it from two different sides now, right? Like I loved the ER. I loved my job. I loved what I did. And I loved helping people in that way. But there's some political things and just different things that happen in the ER where you're like, you, you can't function that way all the time. You can't be beat down all the time. You can't be on autopilot all the time. When I call a floor to tell them, hey, I have a patient. Let me tell you all about them before I bring them to you. And they're like, no, sorry, the bed's not ready. No, sorry, uh, the nurse is busy. Nope, can't get report right now. Then you have to like become this. Okay, so you become like this horrible bitch that everyone hates because you're like, no, I have to bring you this patient. And the inpatient side doesn't see that like, I'm coming up with this patient because I need this bed for the CPR in progress that's coming in, right? So there's just so much like, hate and negativity surrounded in being in the ER that I did not like. But on the flip side, there were so many educational and amazing experiences that I had that taught me so much working there that like, I don't, I would never change it. And I love being an ER nurse and being a PICU nurse. It's so funny that you say that because while you were describing it, it's funny because you have like rich people, you've got poor people come you've got people of like every religion all in one room basically yep. and they're pro they're probably in the some people are in the worst state they've ever been in their life and they're all in one room and even worse they're waiting like they're at the dmv so i can imagine that it's just like it, it's like squid games but not as fun right <laughs> it, it's just crazy to me like that everyone is in one room and basically they are pissed off beyond belief. And the worst part is the effective way to do it is triage, like literally like putting people in order. And yeah. that's such a non-human thing to do. Absolutely. Well, when I say triage, it's sort that's of like exactly triage. what it is. We literally, people come to triage first. That's the first room we see them in. You're exactly right. And it is, feels so unhuman to have someone come in with their child who, you know, just has a cold and they're concerned because they're new parents. And, and they've already been waiting for like three hours, but then you have a guy with a nail in his head come in and exactly, exactly. The idiot takes precedent over the, the worried parents who had been there for three hours. Exactly. And I would understand why they would lose their shit because yeah. anyone, I mean, anyone would, except for the guy with the nail in his head. Right, of course. <laughs>
So you've talked about what your rewarding aspects are. What's one of your most memorable experiences? Good or bad? How about this? We'll start off with bad. And then when you tell the good one, it'll wash out the bad one. Yes. Okay. So in terms of bad experiences, um, obviously adults are just different. And I just want to preface what I'm saying with like, I'm going to talk about a child again. And there have been adults that have changed my life ridiculously and adults that I think about all the, all the time. And they've really healed a different part of me, right? They're amazing, but dealing with kids is just unmatched. And in the ER, I had an experience with a child who was unfortunately left in a hot car and we were like doing CPR and everyone in the room is crying like tears at who it's so like hard to think about because when you do CPR, this was a baby. When you do CPR on a baby, you're like, yeah, you're, you break ribs on, on adults. I can't even imagine on a baby. Right. So it's just so I, I remember their little body and I remember their little face and how horrible I felt in that moment. And again, everyone in the room, as we're switching, who's doing CPR, tears are just running down everyone's face. And it's so, it, it's almost like it goes in slow motion. Like you just, I'm watching the doctor to see what meds they need and what, what's the next step that we're going to do. You know what I mean? Do you have the intubation stuff ready? Like, are we going to start, you know, all of, you're just watching in slow motion as all of these things happen but it's going in the blink of an eye. Like you look back and it's been two and a half hours and everything you're it's over. But in that moment, it feels like an eternity. And when we were taking care of this baby, I just, I remember every second of caring for them and how I felt the entire way. And she did not make it, or the baby did not make it. And again, you have to like, you just have to find a way to be stronger than the pain that you feel. But there have been a few kids that I will just always, always remember. And those are always the ones that impact you the most because you can justify adult death. You can say, this is horrible and I'm so sorry for your loss, but Mima was 95 years old. It's. I, I'm sorry to break it, but... I love that you say Papa and me, Paul. That is such a Texas <laughs> thing. Like you, as you know, you won't. Well, you might you might find that in Virginia if you go to the right parts. But yeah, like, depends on the place. Yeah, definitely. But it is, you know, and also patients love it. Like you kind of get a feel for who's gonna be here for your meemaws and because I call them that. You know, what I mean, I'd be like, "Come on, Papa, we're going." Oh, they they love it when you call them the same thing. Yeah. Yes. But it definitely depends on the patient because some of them are not 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 a fan. Yeah. When you take care of these kids, it, it's life changing, and I will forever remember the little the babies and the kiddos that I've had in the ER that have unfortunately not made it, but in in all of the things that we've done for them have like changed my life exponentially. So, what's one of your favorite memories then? Oh my gosh. So I met my very best friend, Jess. Uh, we both started in the ER together 
and she got a really sick patient and she, I'm a generally confident person and I'm very much like a fake it till you make it. So if I don't know, I'm going to find out and I'm going to just keep pretending like I know until, until we can make it work. Right. Jess is not that way. She is so smart and so amazing, but just not always confident in her abilities. And we came in, the floor was blowing up. I mean, we were up to our eyeballs in patients. We were so busy and she got one of the sickest patients on in the ER that day. And I was in triage and she was in the back. So we were separate. So I couldn't like help her. I couldn't give her any knowledge. I couldn't do anything for her. And I mean, I would help where I could, you know, we have mics. I'd be like, yes, you good. Like, do you need me at all? That's so funny. Is it, that's only in the ER, right? Yes. Yes. And it's, and just to be clear, just to visualize for everyone, it's a Brittany mic, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Just a little earpiece. Honestly, you, people that work at like Plato's closet have that. Hey, I'm trying to romanticize it. So (laughs) we'll go with Brittany, (laughs) but I, I could check on her, but we were so busy that I couldn't like be there for her. And she had to like advocate for this patient and take care of them and just do everything in her power to like help heal this person. And by advocate, I mean, going to the doctor who has not intubated the patient hours before and say, we need to intubate them now because they're very sick. And they're, if not, we're going to start CPR soon. Like people do not have to be, their heart doesn't have to be stopped, especially in the children to start CPR. It would just be like a lower heart rate and stuff like that. So I just don't want you to think anyone was like laying in bed dying and no one was coming, but she was, she was advocating for this patient and she was doing all of the things that she needed to do. And she was doing them so independently and working so hard to care for them. And she had other nurses there. She wasn't by herself, but I honestly watching her grow into this like amazing nurse has been one of the best parts of working in the ER. Like there are great life-saving stories I could tell you. There are amazing things where we've helped people and they've survived. And it truly, like it's unmatched in the feeling you get when you know that someone came in horrible and they left alive and they left functioning. It's, it's great, but we all know that. Have you ever seen someone become who they're supposed to be? That's fucking magical. That is amazing. And watching my best friend become like this amazing nurse and be so confident in taking care of people and like do things that matter for people and know that she's good enough and good at that. Oh, that has been like an unmatched positive experience. And I, I connect that to the ER cause that's where we met. And that's, she actually came to the PICU with me. So we've like transitioned these jobs together. So it's been, that has been amazing. That sounds awesome. That's your, that's your work wife and your best friend. Literally. Yes. So what, I mean, with your extensive experience, what would, what would you say to someone who's, because you've probably given advice to people to a nurse trying to go into the ER, but I think I forgot to ask why, why did you start off in the ER anyways? Oh, sure. Um, I was a sick kid. I spent a decent amount of time in the hospital when I was a kid. And that like inspired me to become a nurse in general. Right. 
And when I was going through nursing school, I was like, what do I want to do? Where do I want to be? And one of my further in life goals was to do flight nursing. And that's where you like go to scenes of accidents and you transport critically ill people. And to get there, there are like all these different stepping stones, one of which being ER work, another being ICU. But I decided that like, if I went to the ER, there are opportunities that you can fill anywhere, right? Like we, we've delivered babies, we do CPR, we have skills because we do them repeatedly all the time, every day, right? So there's so many things that came as a benefit to working in the ER. And I wanted, I wanted to be the person that you look at when someone you love is sick or injured or needs help you can ask me for help and I can help you. You know what I mean? There just isn't quite a feeling like it. And that made me say like, okay, ER is the best place to be, whether I want to, you know, do pick you one day or I want to do labor and delivery or oncology or all of these different fields of medicine, you see all those walks of life in the ER. So why not like get a base there? Why not like build yourself with this strong foundation and good understanding of like how things work and what these meds are, especially when it came to critically ill patients. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of like, I just did a half marathon and I'm like, and I didn't train for it at all. However, I had already done a marathon and I'm like, if I can do a marathon, I can do a half marathon. So if I can work in the ER and almost get stabbed by a homeless person. Yep. I can work anywhere else in the hospital. Yes. That, that's that's how I, I would like to compare it to my life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's exactly the same. It's like you build this foundation. Once you've done all the hard stuff, you can do other things. And don't get me wrong, like other places in the hospital are still extremely specialized. Like we had someone give birth and I'm holding the baby and I'm like, what do I do with it? I don't know what to do, but you, you learn and you adapt as you go. And it would still be such a learning process going anywhere else, but it still is like, you get a foundation and really hard stuff. You can, it's easier to branch into these other things. Yeah. And in turn, I would say to answer your other question, like for people who want to work in the ER, ERs are crazy right now with the state of the world, but I absolutely encourage people to like, give it a shot. I think it's a great place to set up a foundation like we talked about. And I think it's a great place to learn. And the doctors that I had in the ER that I worked with were amazing. They were amazing. They were so intelligent and they took so much time to explain things and help you understand like, this is why we're doing this. This is how this is happening. You know, so it was just it was an amazing experience. I loved my coworkers. I would do anything for them. I love the doctors that I work with and I encourage anyone who's interested to absolutely give it a shot. Yeah. That's awesome. They that's say awesome. You have such a good experience. Though. A five-year limit. Yeah. ER nurses, like after five years. Oh, uh, burnout. Yep. So what are some, I guess you wouldn't call procedures, but, uh, routines or I guess rules that you have to keep a healthy work-life balance because I know you have crazy not crazy hours but I know all nurses have kind of 
like you said, it's always going. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I would work. So in the ER, I had like a set per, per request. I wanted to work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That way it gave my coworkers the opportunity, the ones who have kids, because my husband and I don't have any children, um, to, to go to soccer games at 8 a.m. on a Saturday to do that, right? Like nothing changes for me, whether it's the weekend or the work week, whatever. So I worked three days in a row. And then in the four days that I had off, I would use that time to like go to the gym, eat well, sleep, sleep if I needed to, because those days in the ER, especially three in the three in a row would exhaust the shit out of you. Like I would be, I'd want to lay in bed all day long if I could. And I know that's not like a healthy way to deal with things. So I would try and like, okay, you know, let me get up. I'll go to the gym. I'll do some good stuff. And then if I'm still tired at, you know, one o'clock, I'll take a nap, (laughs) but you just have to like finding my people. So finding Jess was amazing because I could just I couldn't talk to my husband the way I can talk to Jess, right? Like I could call him and be like, oh, we did all this crazy stuff. And we, you know, started central lines and we did CPR and they were on this presser and we were titrating this strip and he doesn't get any of it. And it doesn't matter to him, but Jess gets it. So finding my people was imperative to survival and imperative to like my mental health. And then just remembering to have like healthy habits outside of that, you know? Yeah. Ways you can kind of let go, have fun, and yeah. obviously sit in bed. Because, I mean, you say that, and I'm like, you're taking care of all these people. I think, and I was going to ask if your husband takes care of you when you're in bed. Mm-hmm. Like, like say you want to get the ice cream from the kitchen, and you don't want to have to get up because you just started the new season of you or something like that. A hundred percent. He's awesome. And he definitely understands that, like, my job is mentally and emotionally taxing sometimes. And there are days that like, there are days, let me not sugarcoat it. There are days where I would like sit on the couch or sit in bed all day and just be like done. You know, I don't want, I do not want to turn my brain on. I want to sit here and I want to stare at this TV of nothingness and eat a pint of ice cream and just exist. And he would totally like cradle those moments So I think too, having a supportive partner and having someone that like can love you through your harder days, especially when it pertains to work is super important. That's awesome. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being like a single person coming home by myself and like not having someone to take care of me after rough shifts. (laughs) Okay. Last question. What is something that your parents did that you'd like to pass on to the next generation and what's something that you'd like to add on or change that your, uh, your parents did? So my parents are amazing, right? I have amazing parents and I don't think I've mentioned this, but I'm a triplet actually. Okay. I have two brothers. We're all born at the same time and they did absolutely everything they could for us growing up. Like every opportunity, every, I played lacrosse. I was a big lacrosse player. I was going to play in college and then I met my husband and all of this, but like they supported every lacrosse endeavor and every school event and every, I did drama, every drama and play and thing that I had going on. They did that times three for our, I mean, even now I'm a grown up and my parents are still here and supportive and amazing, but in that support and in that amazingness, there were points, I think 
And I see it now as we're adults that they did too much. Like this is so embarrassing and I'm embarrassed to say it, but I'm a better woman now. So I'm going to say it. Um, when I met my husband, he is one of 10 and yes, grew up very independently and did a lot of things on his own, all his own laundry, all his own dishes, just to name a couple of things. I have a quick question. Does he, does he ever watch shameless and be like, man, that looks easy. Oh my gosh. I don't think that he's ever seen it, but I will have to show him and get his opinion and I can let you know. (laughs) Cause I, I would, I've never, I've never heard of like, it's always like seven or cause my, my mom and dad are both seven and my mom's a twin. She has triplet sisters. Oh, that's awesome. But I'm an only child. So I I have no idea what that's like. So sorry, keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. So there were just times that I've noticed that they did like too much. And I've noticed that as I became an adult and lived independently and, you know, got married, like the house didn't clean itself and my mom did everything. So she cleaned and she cooked and she did the laundry and did the dishes and all of these things. And there were like just normal life skills that when I went out on my own, I didn't even recognize I needed to have, you know what I mean? So my husband worked long hours when he was in the army and had a really exhausting job and he would come home and, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. He would come home and like, there would be a pile of dishes in the sink and the house would be a mess and there would be laundry that needed to be folded and I would not have done it. And then he would start to pick up the pieces and he would do them. And it actually like created a point of tension, of course, in our relationship And I kind of had to grow up through that. And now I am an amazing housewife. Let me just say, I do all the laundry and all the dishes. He actually does laundry, but I clean toilets. So we, we really like share our responsibility. Now I would just want to ensure that my children have responsibilities and understand these things. Because when I tell you like I did not recognize, it was like all this stuff back here. I did not recognize certain things that my parents did that like I would then need to take over as an adult. (laughs) So I think that is something definitely that I will want to pass on to my children and like ensure that they have responsibility. That was very big of you and so mature to actually say that because I've never actually heard someone say that, (laughs) call out their fault and said, I changed it. And I was like, man, she is an adult. I've done stuff like that, but I've never actually said it out loud, if that makes sense. It's so embarrassing to be like, I didn't do dishes. I didn't know. But I I want it to be known that it was because my parents were like so supportive of all the opportunities we had. Like I didn't just sit at home and do nothing. We just, my life was filled with things outside of my house, cheerleading and lacrosse and drama and school and all of the things that like nothing at home was ever my responsibility. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that I had such a caring, loving childhood, but I'm so embarrassed that when I became an adult, I had to learn how to be an adult, you know? Yeah. I think it goes to like a catch 22. I mean, look at like my, my parents kindergarten, my mom was a kindergarten teacher. My dad was like a mechanic and you look at it and they're, you, you probably understand this, anyone our age, college, 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 college. And 
they wanted you to be able, they were giving you all the opportunities they didn't have. So basically they're giving you all this stuff, but in the end, they're they're making a better life for you, but they're not making you as hard or as hard worker as they used to be. So it's like a vicious cycle because now my age, obviously with a different emotional like level we're giving to our children nowadays but we're trying to let them like uh i love to say this do dangerous things carefully yes yes Yes. like i'll see my son playing on something i'll be like be careful like i like he'll be on like one of his shelves just walking along about to break his head falling down he's not gonna fall because i'll i'll try to catch him right right if if i was just hovering all the time he i don't know yeah No, absolutely. Like, I feel like we grew up in a time that was maybe a little more cradled with, again, wanting us to have the opportunities that our parents didn't have. But I think in raising our children in in the future, it is like, yeah, you do have to let them live a little dangerously and learn some things the hard way, right? Like, you know, you ride your bike and you, you, try to jump off something and you bump your knee, like those things are going to happen. That's a part of being a child. And if I rescue you every single time, you're never going to learn the danger of those things until, until they become really, really dangerous. And, you know, so I think it's, I think it's a really good way to live, right? Like the balance between good opportunity and safely distantly parenting, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the way I think about it is like, my dad still helps me with like stuff around the house, but he's kind of like the guy who just tries to get it done. But I don't know why I mentioned that it's spite, but, uh, (laughs) I think like, please don't show me this because you're not like, sadly, you're not always going to be here. Like I got to learn how to do it myself. Yep. And and that's what it, that's what it it goes to. Like, you've got to pass on what you know. Right. Like for me to pass that on to my son, your grandson or your, your granddaughter. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything you want to promote, get on your soapbox, let there, the people know? So I would love to put out that. I don't know if you saw, but I am, I have not been on YouTube recently in the past, like four or five months. And I, have big plans to like get back into it. I really love educating and love sharing my experiences as a nurse. And I am going to get back there. I'm hoping to have something up like this month and just dive back in. We've been going through some stuff the past couple of months. So I just like, I'm still here and I'm still putting out content and I still want to help. And I'm totally open to like these conversations with people and helping in any way that I can. So just check me out on YouTube again and I'll be back. And I would love to like put that out there, I guess, but nothing, nothing crazy yet. Okay. I like it. And I'll, I'll throw your, uh, your uh, tag up on whatever I post. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I would yeah. Love that. So people can check that out. Yes. Awesome. Um, Thank you so much for this. This is yeah. so great. I loved Good. it. I'm, I'm glad I'm. <laughs> well, I loved it. I had a great time. This has been Good. great. Good. Uh, well, thank you and have a good night. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me, please follow me on Apple podcasts. So you won't miss out on more episodes like these.